Welcome back. Let's start by finishing up uh, last week's podcast, which in the title I promised we would talk about uh, tabletop RPGs, player-driven content, and how and if that should impact um, DDO, our, our game, which it would be very difficult for it too, but let's just talk about, uh, just real, real quick, Dungeons & Dragons, historically, player-driven content, DMs, friends, the basement, you name it, um, or think of the stereotype, and that'll be pretty close to the truth of, of how this thing kind of became a monster, right? This cultural behemoth, if you will, thanks to Stranger Things and Critical Role and, and everybody that played in their basement for many years. <laughs> so... I wanted to just say that a lot of this um, controversy going on now that's in the spotlight, and I won't name the, the monster, but we all uh, know what it is. I I know dead air is bad, but I'm, I need to really figure out what I, how I want to put this. And the player-driven content, um, the player-made content is, is so important that it's, you know, it's, it's making, uh, it's not just making waves, it's creating a, a corporation to really reevaluate how it's going to function. And I think um, that was my last time. <laughs> I think that it's an important touchstone for uh, DDO for Standing Stone Games to look at because they have not uh, taken into consideration players. Uh, they had the council. I don't. I mean, I've heard about the council, but I, you know, how that worked and uh, how those ideas were transferred, or uh, if they were given. Who knows how that operated, right? I'm not going to speculate because I wasn't there. But the reason why I want to highlight the stuff that's in the forums now is even if you disagree with it or if you don't think it's um, perfect, I think this is how you make the game last longer is by having original ideas and, and th offering them up, at the very least, offering them up uh, uh, as a form of thought at any ways. Uh, Theater of the Mind DDO uh, can be just as fun, and those of us who deep theory craft uh, know all about that. That being said, I think uh, player-driven content was is historically um, largely accepted in Dungeons and & Dragons, and I think it would uh, be beneficial for DDO to kind of think about some way To help facilitate that, I th I think what I'm trying to say is they are the reason why I named the con the podcast DDODM is really an is an honor of them because they have such a difficult job I think of managing this online world that they've created over the years. It's huge and some of it's really great. But they all, their resources are limited, and they have to try to figure out how they're going to keep it interesting and fun for us. 
maybe that's not fair they do that alone maybe they want to do that alone but um for me and my part as far as the history of D D goes uh, all the way back to tabletop and now uh, one of the things i don't think the forums do or we do very often on the forums is have constructive conversations that uh, eventually solve a problem a lot of times on the forums i there's a breakdown of um of just philosophical ideas and viewpoints. So it basically boils down to person wants a thing. Um, person two says, I don't want a thing. I want H thing. And then you're completely at an impasse. There's no, you know, there's in the forum talk, there's no, it's just your point of view and my point of view. And there's never any, never the twain shall meet. And that can be okay for some things. I think that, we have to learn to disagree, but I also think with some of these threads that come out that, you know, these ideas for, for characters or feats or talk about, well, what would be your idea for it then? Or what would you, what would you have done differently? Or how, instead of just saying something that uh, you know, kind of undercuts the, the, the forum poster or the thread, try to contribute in some way. And if all you, if you can't say, anything good then don't don't say nothing maybe <laughs> I, I mean unless it's uh really important to you i, I wouldn't want to impact your free speech i think everybody's entitled to that so that's all i wanted to say about the the title from last episode something popped up uh a couple things popped up over the weekend one's not character related but sort of is um and it was uh, racial glamours what do you guys think of that? Uh, many posts were posted on it. People thought it was a good idea. By and large, people thought it was a good idea. Two people had concerns that I saw. And of the one that had concerns, he, uh, the poster said that still would back the, uh, the, the play for racial glamours. And essentially, the, the theory is that you roll whatever race you want, whatever class you want, and drop into the game, open the DDO store, and you purchase this racial glamouring from the DDO store. It pops in your inventory, activate it, and you'll get a choice of what race you want to appear as. Mm. That's take take a minute and think about that. Interesting, right? Pretty cool. I think that's a pretty cool idea. I know there've been sometimes uh, on my racial past life journey, I just didn't want to look at another Warforge body. I had done my barbarian lives as a Warforge, and then having to go so going through the Warforge lives again, I I had um, enough. <laughs> Enough of those. So I can see where there's value there. Value for, um, but what, here's the, where is the value though in that? And that's really, that, something like that I think is, is specifically designed for those of us, and me included. I just relate a story where, about the Warforged race that I had to endure so long. And I know some of you guys like it. That's fine. But whatever race, your race of you prefer not to play, 
that idea sits well for veterans, right? Because a new player, I don't think you would want to advertise to a new player. It doesn't matter what race uh, you pick. We'll just um, make it human if you don't like it. That's the, and it pulls totally out of the R, the RP elements are gone. So I, I, there's, I have this reticence about it because just because of that, because what, what you're signaling to new players is it doesn't matter what they, um, what they pick for a race. I don't mean for the podcast to be about the new player experience or perspective, but it is something that I wanted to interject into this conversation of racial glamours because how long do you think it would take to produce something like that? And I think of some of the, there was a forum poster who had a couple of really good ideas about how this could, between the animation system and it could, there could be some pretty serious hiccups. And if, even if, if it was successful, the development time I think would be so extraordinary. I think, I don't know, but I think it would be so extraordinary. And the only thing you're going to get out of it is uh, the veterans will be happy to do it. The ones that are on that racial, um, um, you know, the ones that are playing a race they don't like, I think the veterans will do it. But I don't think you're going to find um, new players interested. And even, even, even like, I don't want to say medium, medium experienced players, right? Um, part of the fun, and this is what we touched on this a little bit uh, a couple days ago, part of the fun is that role play aspect to bring that back. And by making your choices matter less you don't have that doesn't do that that does the exact opposite of that and i i like the idea because i've had to stomach some you know unpleasant uh unpleasant time in the game i just kind of grinded through but i don't i don't know how i feel about new players having that experience and i don't think it's fair to date them from it because then i think we go back to the other point of well how much development time do we want to spend on this and would you rather have the next time there's a release of archetypes instead of three archetypes we get none but now you can have racial glamours and then it's another you know so you go seven months without any any new character class updates and i think we all know monk could use a pass I know fighters just got their healing thing, but they, they could use some archetypes. So let's talk about archetypes and one that recently popped up on the forums that I thought was really cool. There's, there's a few of them on there now, which I'm super stoked for. There's so many new ideas. I think this is great because this gives us a chance to talk about these things. And if we're talking about these things... We're not the only ones that's going to notice, especially if we're talking back and forth on the forums. It's harder on the forums because 
it's not like Facebook or 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 any other you know social media application where the, you know, that you can kind of you know you're not notified. Well, at least I'm not notified when the uh, threads are updated. And I think people to log in and it just seems really ungainly. You know, uh, I've I belong to many other groups um, on Facebook and the responses and conversations you can have on there is a little bit more um, uh, real time. So fighter, fighter archetypes. There's a couple of suggestions on there and there was one I saw and I, it just reminded me of like when I first got back, first got back, when I first got into Dungeons and Dragons, I, I got in, I played second edition, but I did not enjoy it. And I played third edition, and I did not enjoy it. But three point five really, uh, really got me. And Hexblade, the Hexblade mentioned in the forum post is the fighter Hexblade, and I believe that the uh, gentleman or lady who made the post is referring to that that class from three point five, not the new uh, Warlock Hexblade. Um, wildly different sort of um i think warlock is i don't even know if you'd say easier it's it's probably because they're doing that whole subclass thing and ddo is doing like the whole archetype thing i see why they put the hex blade with the warlock because the guys who made the warlock or the made the hex blade class originally the fighter type kind of you know, built the gla the class from the ground up and there was a strong concern uh from the R&D department that it would be overpowered essentially what the hexblade is it's supposed to be evil alignment yada 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 well it's a dark it's a fighter with arcane abilities and these arcane abilities aren't generally geared for healing they're ge geared to to kill right they're they're geared to kill. They, as I recall, they only get up to fourth level spells, so that means you'd get Phantasmal Killer. I'm gonna pull up the forum post here. I, I won't go through the whole thing like I did last time. I'm not sure if I'll need to. If I, if I have to, we will. But, um, so the the give up here, the give up, and the um. Uh, the give up is uh, fighter feats and medium heavy armor proficiency and tower shield, which is not, that's not in line with the 3.5 edition. Um, the, I apologize for the um, guys. I'm, you know, it's my second time doing it. I am concentrating on not doing it. I'm just pulling up the Hexblade uh, class here. It does gain spell casting as if a paladin. That's, it's what's, it gets half progression uh, as far as your 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 arcane spells would go. So it would go up to level. F I think you would get four four or three level four spells. Um, but the idea of the fighter archetype is kind of I guess like dark apostate, but it's a fighter. And I don't mean that exactly. I mean with the curses, with the on hit curse effect, and there would be um, a, a death effect from a spell. So I, th the big, I think the big sell for the fighter archetype, this particular hex blade, 
would be um, would be some kind of phantasmal killer SLA that probably goes AOE. If well, I'm just spitballing here, but like say you were able to spread the curse through multiple enemies. The point of the class is to be in melee range and two fight and then two cast spells. So I think you would want to be able to, you know, kind of one-two punch. You'd want to eventually have your curse. Hexblades get a smite evil, except it's it's not smite good. It's essentially, um, uh, he's got it described here as, as the smite evil, and, it, and you might as well use it because it's pretty close. I don't think they get a roll on damage, but what I think would be interesting is, is each, uh, you know, say bonus from charisma you have or, or, or whatever, you could affect another another enemy. So, and this would be, we'd be gated through your level progression so that eventually you could maybe hit, say, five mobs with one swing and they'd all be cursed, cast your phantasmal killer, and then if everybody, you know, makes everybody that's cursed in the area um, have to make that save. And then that that would be pretty cool because that would be pretty cool to see like four people get swallowed by a phantasmal killer. That would be neat. I don't know. That was my idea when I read this was because I think it's wicked cool. I'm not good at this, like writing it all down and parsing it all out like this. But I, I kind of understand where what the class is intended. But I do appreciate all, all this uh all the because he does have he does have some stuff straight from the 3.5 so either he's got a book or he he did the google thing um so level one would be that what you would get would be the hexblade that hexblade curse which would be your like a paladin smite evil and um it would be minus two to attack skill saves uh, and damage the uh, interesting thing is it says one per rest and says gain another and then regenerates like smite smite evil um there is um a saving throw 10 plus half your character level plus your charisma plus other bonuses i'm not sure if those would be necromancy or illusion based i'm assuming they would be necromancy necromantic i don't, don't know um but i do know that I would want more curses than than that. So, and he didn't add um, in the forum post. There's nothing in the tiers he's got set up. There's nothing to add extra smites, um, but it it doesn't work like. It, I want you to think of it like a smite evil, but you want it. You don't want to think of it as a damage thing. You want to think of it as like a, a curse, and then spreading the plague. I think would be the best way to to interpret this class from the three point five rules edition into DDO. I think you'd want to somehow make that into an AOE effect. And I think uh, we can continue now. So I think the hexblade curse. Maybe we'd see some. Um, something in the tiers about the, the extra uses of it. Level two is Arcane Resistance, and he's got a, a Divine Grace in parentheses here, and that's exactly what it is, and it reads that way. If you read the interview, I think they gave an interview, the guys who created the class, they gave an interview, and they essentially said, yeah, we, we, we kind of took that right from there, and they that's where they talk about 
the difficulty they had uh, with R&D and how overpowered it, quote unquote, they thought it was going to be. And really, the Hexblade is an underpowered class, which is why I would err on the side of pumping it up a little bit. Um, so level two would be Arcane Resistance. So the first level, uh, you'd get your uh, Hexblade Curse Attack, your activated ability, which would um, pass your curse to the enemy. Level two would be Divine Grace. It would probably even read that. It wouldn't read Arcane Resistance. That's a flavor text. Um, we don't expect our, our guys at SSG to work that hard. Um, I think we're all old enough to know Divine Grace. We, we get it. They could add something in the text. but uh, And then level three is Metal, which I... It's, he doesn't have it on here, but that is what it gets. And it's a cool ability because it's basically um, evasion for people in heavy armor. Because let's face it, evasion is powerful, right? So they, I mean, they essentially took it away in, in uh, DDO, right? Um, and changed AC and did all, they did all kinds of things because, oh, um, evasion is so powerful, but they never introduced metal. <laughs> and metal is essentially, um, it's evasion for people in heavy plate. So you would pass will saves and fort saves. If you make those saves, then you, um, you're unaffected by that spell and, and any tertiary effects that the spell can give. It's essentially uh, evasion for heavy plate. So because of that, that history, I'm not sure if they would add metal into the game for this class. It would probably be pretty extensive coding, but that's what I would like to see. Um, if you can't have that, I don't think evasion is what you want here. I think you want um, a significant amount of MRR because that's where um, that closely mimics it. It sucks because they, the way they've decided to go with the PRR MMR to kind of break away from that original core system, it's difficult to to now bring metal in because instead of bringing metal in, they brought in MRR. So. I think you'd have to probably go for some MM, MRR boost type thing and maybe MRR cap up. All right, level four. And these are, we're talking about feats that you would get. Granted class, this is how the class progressed. So level four, you would get the dark aura toggle. Uh, it's like my enemies uh, nearby take minus two to AC and saves. Um, and that's, and there's a note on here that you, you would get your first spell at this level. So when you think of the Hexblade's um, arcane progression, think of it as a ranger or a paladin, but um, you know, limited, you know. So it's interesting, right? Because they, they get Phantasmal Killer, but it's only they get 20, like I think they get like 16 or 17, I probably maybe 14, I don't remember. But uh, they, they get it, and um, is it effective? I, Maybe maybe on a snake or a rat. I don't know what you're fighting at level 17. That's why I think let's finish this. Uh, so level five, you would get uh, you would gain a bonus feat. Uh, hex blades have access to bonus feats that are selected bonus feats. We have seen them with the monk class and similar alchemist. There's our like necromancy, greater spell pen, spell pen, th those kinds of uh, of feats. I think. Combat expertise, there's a couple of different combat ones, and there's a smattering of arcade ones. And, and it focuses on, the feats focus on building up, uh, so you would want to build up 
like say you're trying to build up your spell pen because you're going to make a, a hex blade that uses phantasmal killer so you're working on that spell pen this would be a, a feat to get you there get you over spell penetration then level seven would grant you greater curse um your the effects would increase to minus four i i think like somewhere between uh probably three and five there should be a tier that you can open up passing that curse um to other enemies be, and then you can start seeing greater play with with uh, the curse because part of the the whole point of the the hex blade is to fight and to cast and i think it would be fun to start passing the curse and then figuring out which arcane spells you're going to give him and then which arcane spells which are slas i should say are going to interact with the curse because that i think would be the the fun of the game you know not necessarily uh, he does okay damage but as he once he gets that curse on you it's like watch out so maybe a cone effect maybe um a force i don't force missiles maybe i don't know i don't know um level 10 so level 7 you get the greater curse for minus 4 level 10 you gain a bonus feat from that uh, small selection and then level 12 you would get aura of unluck and he has it you gain a blur effect gain dodge bypass concealment bypass uh, limited uses per rest and then you gain extra uses at 16 and 20 this is uh really cool and i think could be um i think this is where you'd want to break the game aura of unluck in the player's handbook that it came with not the player's handbook but in the in the book aura of unluck you gain um that once that's on enemies have a 20 percent mischance but it's stacked with concealment so i think that's that's where you'd want to uh, you you might even want to swap some of these and then just add them uh like make that your capstone that you have that well, we can we'll get there so aura of unlock uh he's got his gain a blur effect i think at level 12 gaining blur at level 12 i don't know feels kind of feels bad to me <laughs> It feels bad to gain blur. But gaining, you know, 20% stacking concealment, that would be cool. So uh, let's try. Level 19, you get Dire Curse, and the effective curse goes up to minus 6. Um, apologize. Let's go right into the enhancement table. Um, and this is going to replace the Vanguard tree. So core one is plus dc to curse effect uh per core per core each core so every every core gives you plus one to your dcs core two is empty <laughs> core three has immunity to curse uh, core four has immunity to blind core five is slippery mind and that's where you're starting to see him i don't know if that's in the list of automatic uh, feats that you can take but that's that metal thing trying to get that into uh, DDO that metal ability M-E-T-T-L-E -T -T -E, where it's like the uh, evasion for where medium or heavy armor so tier one has um, called Hexen which I think is cool and it's passive is uh, UMD spellcraft and will save and spell points 
and hexblade strike is here we go the hexblade strike so you, you know you get more uses of that of that hexblade ability and that's exactly what that's why i didn't want to get too much into the weeds with the beginning stuff because he's already figured that out and then dark dissonance that's cool and it's uh weapons are imbued with one die of evil damage and i think that's now we're this is the difficulty with this right because it's a little similar to dark apostate but it's not right um dark apostate has that necromancy and you know those necro spells available to it and here we're kind of doing the fighter thing uh and replacing i, I just it seems very similar to me um which is the my one concern about it i think this is really cool so tier two would be i'm guessing a smattering of other stuff but the uh, class specific ones would be curse bound strike which is a passive hexblade strike now applies curse to the enemy unless they save um, i'm not sure what that is but uh, i that gave me an idea of i like curse bound strike instead of it being a passive it's tier two i could see that being maybe um I still like, you know, I still, I was thinking putting it as a cleave so you could pass the curse to multiple guys, but I still like these being able to use that curse, like use it once and that, you know, the smite evil, it goes off on all these nearby enemies. I think that would be cool to have a, like a dark version of that and they get cursed. That would be cool. Um, and then you hit them with Phantasmal Killer and that would be cool too. <laughs> Tier 3 is uh, Dark Healing. It's a passive uh, Dark Devouring damage. Uh, now applies half the damage is healing to the Hexblade. So I'm assuming that means you you essentially would get a Vampiric Blade. So that's, that's it as it's laid out. And in the forum post. I think... This is a good start. This is what this is good for is to get us talking about it because there's enough holes in here that we can all try to fill in together with everybody's you know different knowledge. So it's very similar to Dark Apostate, and if you think that, you should say something about it. And um, you know I, that'd be that's a good conversation. Now the thing is, it's supposed to be arcane, so it's an arcane, dark arcane fighter. Um, that's not a black guard, but uh, he casts arcane spells. I think I'm just bringing the uh, forum post up, and I'm there's a. I think there's room for probably some type of of AOE melee attack, but I I don't know. I'd also like to see I'd like to see a couple of SLAs. I'd like to see tier five. Um, phantasmal or tier four phantasmal killer with directly above that there's another there's another enhancement to make that phantasmal killer affect everybody that's affected by your hexblade curse that would be cool and fun and uh, people would I think people would enjoy just launching in there hitting them with that smite and watching watching the smite go off and then boom you hit them with the um, the phantasmal killer that would be cool that would be really cool um 
so I'm, the things I'm thinking of is the tier three. There's only the one thing in tier three. There's nothing in tier four, nothing in tier five. So I'm I'm thinking tier four would be your where you would stick your phantasmal killer, and you could take it as a spell um, with the hexblade. I'm trying to give him some longevity in the quests so that he's not, you know, the one thing you wouldn't want to have happen is you you have the phantasmal killer say it works as intended against people who are cursed but then it only comes from your spell point pool because you, you cast that like twice <laughs> so i'm thinking that i'm thinking tier four you'd put the phantasmal killer sla i i think you would need some other like arcane damaging spell there is um there is a there is a spell that the sacred fist get um i can't remember it i think it's level four it doubles your uh imbue dice and then does the bane damage thing if you remember i, I don't know if anybody remembers that one but that one that might be good to add to their spell book um because that might help with some of their their lack of feats that they're going to have. I'm trying to think because the ba basically the, I think the big sell of the class would be something like that. And I totally, I apologize for imposter. I totally have kind of added my own thing to your, the Hexblade class. I like this class. I, I remember it when it came out and I, I remember um, never playing it because it was underpowered, but I remember it being really cool, cool concept. So I, I'm, I'm just thinking, Phantasmal Killer jumps out as like the Hexblade type spell, like that attached to the Hexblade curse, spread the curse, use the Phantasmal Killer. I can see your DC, how you have plus one to DC curse effects. I would like that to be maybe just plus one DC to, you know, all of the all of your dcs so all of the hexblade dcs including his arcane spells um oh, sorry did it again the the thing is i'm trying not to have too much dead space but at the same time i you know it, if i do that then it's constant stream of thought which is fine but you know my constant stream of thought is not always uh the most interesting. So that is the Hexblade, guys. It would be... So the Hexblade would be... If you look at the forum post, the, I would say you do give up your fighter bonus feats, but I would say um, none of the other things. So medium armor proficiency and tower shield, you keep those. Um, I think there could be, and there's a big... That would be cool. I just came across something. So you keep the tower shield proficiency, and then... What would be cool is maybe have uh, an enhancement, Tier 2, Tier 3, because we only have one enhancement in Tier 3 that lowers your Arcane Spell Failure completely, eventually, with the Tower Shield Proficiency. That would be good. And then that helps fill out two gaps in the, uh, in the Hexblade. But I just don't know what other spells... They have a unique spell list that they get. Um, so I don't know what spells you would use, but... I, you kind of want something 
one thing that this class doesn't have, one thing I think we can all agree on, is there's no crowd control, right? The hex blade has no crowd control unless you would choose it from your, your spell list. But I, I, their spell list I, is not full of crowd control spells. It's full of, like, damaging spells. And they're, like, usually, usually like, combat buff stuff. So you would buff your weapon or your next attack. It's those kinds of things. And I looked through their... their um, their spell book they do have one spell that comes to mind is one called reaving aura um the air around you turns black it floods with negative energy and then it deals um one point of damage to every creature in the area so you could it's centered around you it's obviously it's like a death aura effect but then again we start do you want to do you want to turn the hex blade into something that always goes or always marries um, very well with a wizard. Now, the Hexblade's main stat is Charisma, so I think that you would have some trouble there. And also, what is up with all these Charisma-based classes? I think even the ones that we, the players, are suggesting are heavily Charisma-based. I understand that. It's like uh, Charisma for the win, I guess. Everybody wants to be good-looking. Uh, can't blame them, I guess. Uh, th this is... um. This is the uh, the fighter hex blade. So the fighter hex blade. Let's see if we can summarize it. Uh, I don't think I've got much less much else to say. There's the. I think the work goes into aura of unlock, and you would want that to be a stacking concealment effect. It's level twelve. You have it down as a level twelve feet. I think that would be cool to keep there. Um, but you might want to shunt it down to like level 16, even though it doesn't belong there, just because I'm a huge proponent of um, multi-classing. But there's already a lot of builds at multi-class level 12 with Fighter. So I would like to see that go down to 16, just because I wouldn't want to add to those builds a stack and concealment effect to all the builds that could. Um, that's, that's the one thing I can see with that. And I don't see the cores could be worked on. I think you could have a lot more, um, a lot more of the class stuff in there. You could even grant some of the feats in there. You could grant um, a spell effect or two in there. And this, I'm just suggesting to the forum poster if he decides to listen, that that's what I'm, my train of thought is thinking. But the tier one is perfect. You just need to add something like oh, you know, you know, bluff and intimidate. You know, a skill, something like that. Probably the Hexen thing, I would, um, I like it, UMB Spellcraft and Spell Points, but you could probably um, try to figure out a way to flavor that even some more. So whether that's your, it costs two, two AP and you get rid of the Spellcraft and UMD, and then keep the Spell Points, but up them to 20 and then make it like plus one enchantment, plus 20 Spell Points, and it's considered, your weapon is considered an implement, that, that might be cool but other than that I think you've got it that's exactly the the dark dissonance I see where you're going with this and I I understand the the issue with you're trying to balance we want to be good at we want to be able to hit things and be satisfied but we want to be able to marry that with the spell casting part and I can see that's that was a I mean I read that interview with the creators of the class and that was their the, the trouble with trying to balance the gish classes is this
this effect of you you want to be in there, but how long? How many hits can you take? It, it muddies the water. I think they spend too much time worrying about that because if it's fun, then let people do it. And if you know, if people, the the reality is, if you ask me, the reality is, in DDO, you're never going to catch up to anybody that's got an AOE spell. Uh, not when you're leveling. You know, you're just not going to. And I mean, we're talking about not spell casting classes. It's, you're just not going to. So to me, having an AOE phantasmal killer at level 12 or at level 16 or whatever level you'd want to pass that out, I don't, that's, again, that's not, I ain't worried about that. I don't mean to cause dead air, guys. I'm just trying to wrap up the dark, um, uh, the dark, the hexblade class. And then the curse bound strike, the passive. So I don't, I, I think, I, I don't know if you'd want an AOE, like exalted smite type thing. I'm not sure. And then also a way to pass the curse. You know what you could do, now that I'm thinking about it, is you could really double down on the Phantasmal Killer, and I think that would be your best bet. So the damage die that that you the enemy gets when they fail, make that dangerous, and make, them, make the Hexblade be able to affect that even more by some temporary buff, whether it is adding the curse uh, to the enemy, you make that you know they they make their will save on the on the illusion spell. They don't die right away, but that it does like however many d6 damage is awesome now. You know your d6 becomes a d8 or something like that. In fact, I think I really like that idea. I think I really like that idea. So we would so whatever they're kind of missing in damage from their melee, we're gonna try to make up for the failed will save on the phantasmal killer and and you know the the benefit is if they build into it maybe they don't see it that much but the reality is um they they're going to struggle with spell pen so they're gonna you're like it's it's what i'm saying might sound overpowered to you but you're gonna have to double down your equipment on all that spell pen stuff and your feats are going to be loaded with it too so there'll be some give and take there i don't know guys i don't i'm just I have fun doing this. And I I like this class. I think it was good uh, a good pick. I liked that it. it kind of uh, it kind of confused people. Like, oh, it's a warlock thing, and you can see now probably after having a conversation about it why they moved it to warlock. It doesn't really it fits a little bit better over there, but it doesn't with the DDO version of the warlock. I I don't think it does because there's too many things that the warlocks get that they don't want to lose in favor of something like this. Um, let's be honest. I know people are going to say what they're going to say about the warlock, but they have some pretty, pretty nice enhancement trees. I wouldn't want to give up any one of them. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know. And they got the accolade of the skin coming out anyways. Right. So, so let's get some fighter love out there. This would be cool, man. This would be a uh, kind of like a, like a fighter who, so for some reason, he got into arcane magic to defeat his enemies, and now he's trying to maybe extend his life with it. Who knows? It's uh, it's cool, though. All right. 
So let's take a look at the forum post here real quick, and then uh, we'll wrap things up, and I'll see you guys when I see you. Ooh, do you guys want to talk about the new archetypes? They're not out yet. When I'll just briefly, when I saw the Ranger one come out, I was like, the moment I saw the title, like Dark Hunter, I was like, oh, now I can finally be Drizzt. <laughs> you know, like that's, and I know that if you read the books, obviously he's not a uh, trapper or anything, but you kind of see where I'm getting that motif from, right? With the, you know, I, I mean, well, Strim Tom has that video. He's got the two two rapiers, so you go drow the plus three to damage with the uh, while do wielding. Then you get the plus to rapier for whatever plus five damage to rapier, and then you just skin those over with some mirror of glamoring to some scimitars, and there you are. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, immediately thought of that uh, when I saw that the blade caster druid though. This is really looks like a lot of work. Um. I scrolled down through this, uh, the uh, Blightcaster Druid, and I just thought, I, I don't know how, this is like a whole, the other stuff we got was like, if you look like at the Bard class, that's awesome, but that's only like, uh, what's the spell from the Druid where you, you get that like, I don't know, 12 second buff, where anytime you attack with melee or attack with a spell, the lightning bolt comes down, like that's what that, I mean, the you know, the graphic is from that. So it's just, to me, I, I thought what they were doing was trying to um, increase their output by by only by building limited systems, you know, and not systems, but adding limited, limited stuff, you know, maybe three, four, five uh, things. But this one, it seems to me, this one seem, just seems like it's very, very involved, especially with the spell casting and you know, swapping all that stuff out, I just, it seems, um, it just seems very, uh, I don't know, it just seems very involved, you know, very, uh, very involved, not like the, it's funny, because the Dark Hunter is, is really cool when you look at it, um, but then the Bladecaster Druid is like, how much work has to go into that, and the Accolade of the Skin, they haven't touched, um, I think they are, that it's good that we talk about these things because I, I know people were not everybody was on board with the Blightcaster Druid. Some people love it, some people don't. You're going to have that with every single archetype, right? But I would like to focus on, and the reason why I chose the fighter one is melee is not doing great. And I chose that, the dragon one, when I saw that the attacks it had. I, I chose that one because, yeah, it has some attacks that all melees need. Um, so I thought, well, let's, let's give it to them. And the same with the um, the one t one. It's got the – gives you death attack on, on any class. And I think that that's needed if you're going to be playing melees. You just have to – there's no way to keep up with the damage and the, the automatic death effects. And I'm not crying, and I'm not complaining or whining. I like it. I like getting on my sorcerer and blasting the crap out of stuff. The issue I'm having is, you know, as soon as you get on a melee, if I'm not using the SOS, I'm, well, SOL. <laughs> so I think uh, 
that's where the rub is, right? That's that's where the rub is for me is trying to figure out a way to help us bring that balance closer. And I think like focusing on the range was awesome. I think that was a really good idea. And that's a really cool role play class. Um, it's super effective and it's a role play class. The Blake Caster Druid is just seems to be off the charts. I think it's going to be pretty, pretty awesome and quite flavorful as well as you're now a disease wolf and, you know, kind of a servant of death, so to speak. And I can see that the Blake Caster Druid, I don't know if you guys watch Vox Machina at all, but I can see that being not coming from there, but you know, the, I kind of a little bit, maybe it's just because I watch the season and I'm thinking of it, but all right so those are my thoughts on the briefly i haven't played either one i've been busy but um those are my thoughts on the the new archetypes and then the direction of the archetypes i think should be we should be figuring out a way to to bring some of these melee guys up uh i did see uh there was something in there for barbarians which i thought was cool but then uh, i also know that some of the barbarians enhancements are, are just broken and don't work so maybe maybe that could be looked at uh, <laughs> anyways uh, i hope you guys enjoyed the the talk i if you guys have suggestions or want me to talk about anything else i'll talk about whatever you want to talk about um but have a good day guys peace